Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Services look a little different. Who's, who's this is their first pancake breakfast here? Well, why don't we welcome all of our, all of our first, first timers for pancake breakfast? And we do, things, we do things a little bit differently on these Sundays, and we do them intentionally. You know, first off, we don't have any of our kids' programs going. So who is under the age of 10 in the room? Or feels like they're under the age of 10? Yes. You guys are here, and we want you to be here. Do you know why we want you to be here? You have no idea, right? We want, we want you to be here because we believe a couple things. We believe that we can learn from you. And we believe that you can learn from your parents and your other people you're around the table with. So we're going to have two or three discussion times, and we want you to participate in the discussion. So this isn't a time for kids to check out. This is a time for you to participate. And so if you are under the age of 10 or feel like you need supports for under the age of 10, we have some of our young people coming around, and they have a kid's packet, and you can follow along kids with your notes. And they've got crayons, and there's puzzles, but there's also the notes there. And if you have a really young one and they are not going to pay attention for 40 minutes or so, our nursery is open. On, on these Sundays, our nursery isn't staffed, but there are, are all of our nursery things are out there. And please, if you need to go and make use of that, it's just down the hallway, right down the stairs, straight down the hallway, and all our nursery stuff is available there. But we make these Sundays fun and interactive, and uh, we love to have a chance to learn from kids and, and kids learn from parents. So... We are celebrating Canada 150 all over the nation. Who went to fireworks last night? Can we go to fireworks last night? Yeah. We, and this morning, what we're going to do, we want to celebrate some of the values that not only make us Canadian, but then look at some of the values that make us Christian as well and see how there is a lot of parity and parallel between those two things. Because there are some things that only a Canadian will understand. Only a Canadian will understand how the brown goo that oozes from maple trees is actually delicious that you can put on, on, on your pancakes. Some people bring their own. Yeah, right there. They bring their own syrup. So they, they don't mess around. Like they, they're, they're bringing the, the high-quality syrup. Only a Canadian can understand how you have to say sorry to a stranger when that stranger steps on your foot, right? When somebody steps on your foot, a Canadian says, sorry, I, I guess my foot shouldn't have been in your way. Only a Canadian understands that it is possible to drive 120 kilometers down the 401 in a blizzard as long as you have your snows on, right? If the snow tires are on, you can go as fast as you want. And only a Canadian... Americans never quite understand that we really are happier as Canadians. We don't really want to be the 51st state, right? Do we have any Americans visiting with us? No? Okay. <laughs> we don't want to be a 51st state. We have no desire. We love our country. And on your table in front of you, I don't know if anyone had time to do any of those questions. Did anybody do any, any of those questions? You didn't start. Oh, well, take, take two minutes right now and as a table, see if you can get a couple of answers to those questions. And then uh, we're going to see which table knows the most about Canada. Make sure you've got group work going on there, not just one person who knows all, no geography teachers giving all the answers. 
This is group work now. You're already done. You guys are definitely the quickest table. We don't know if you're the smartest table. But <laughs> oh, you solved one of them. Okay. All right, we're going to start working from the top. If you're not quite there yet, your table can discuss as we go. What's the, what's the first question? In what year did Canadian Confederation occur? Who has the answer to that one? 1942 is incorrect. <laughs> what year? 1867 is our correct. Who got that right? All right, give it up for our for tables. Next question. Who is the longest serving Canadian prime minister? Who knows? Me. It was me, yes. Trudeau? No. Our answer is William Lyon Mackenzie King, the longest serving. And is, who knows an interesting information about William Lyon Mackenzie King? Who could offer something unique about him? That is very, that is no longer unique because we all know that. <laughs> he had dogs, yes. He spoke to his dogs. Yeah, thank you. You paid attention in history class. Give it up for Leah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next, next question. When did the flag of Canada make its first official appearance? Who knows? 1921? What do you, what do you, what's your guess back there? 1965, what's our answer? 1965, February 15th, which is much more recent than many of us would think. All right, next one. What is the official motto of Canada? It is not go, Leafs, go. It is not double, double. There's we the North, yeah. That is the official motto during the basketball playoffs. C to signing she, yes. From C to C is... <laughs> From C to C to C? <laughs> oh, the, we, there's a third C in Canada, yes. Which Canadian team, it is not the Leafs again, which Canadian hockey team most recently won the Stanley Cup? Who knows? The Pittsburgh Penguins are not Canadian. It is the Montreal Canadiens way back in 1993. The Leafs should have won that year, but we're not holding that bitter in that one. <laughs> How many time zones are found in Canada? Six, four, you think six, eh? What are, what are the six time zones? Four, four, four. If, ask a Newfoundlander and they'll know how many time zones there are. How many times, there are six, six time zones unique to Canada because Newfoundland does their own little half hour. Or is it Labrador? It's Newfoundland and Labrador do it, okay. Which Canadian province has the longest coastline? We hear, we hear Newfoundland and Labrador. Is that Newfoundland and Labrador? Yeah. <laughs> Where is Canada's tallest mountain found? It's Kelso, right here in Milton. Is it Kelso? No. British Columbia is our guest. The Yukon is actually where the tallest mountain. It's the same range, but it goes all the way up the northwest. Which of the following major cities is located on now? This one, some people may not know. We're guessing Montreal. You know Montreal is connected to like the mainland of Quebec, right? It's Montreal. It's on its island. <laughs> it is not connected. And number 10, who from June 25th to November 4th was Canadian's first female prime minister? Is Trudeau's daughter? No, it was Kim Campbell. <laughs> you are correct. 
Canada has the world's longest. We hear unprotected border. What's your guess? Coastline. What else? Road. What is it, Fatty? It's all of the above. All of those are true. Canada has all of those. If you answered one of them, you get an incorrect on that. You don't get a partial marks. And Canada is bilingual country, but what is the only official bilingual province? And it is not Quebec. And it is not, it is not Ontario. How many of us? It is New Brunswick. <laughs> Who got 12 out of 12? 11 out of 12. They're lying. <laughs> Who got 10 out of 12? 10 out of 12? We have the winning table right here. Give it out. 10 out of 12. Mike, Mike wouldn't lie. You would lie. <laughs> well, as we get going into this morning, we are taking a break from our Moses Unscripted series and just looking at our country. And like we said, some of the values that we embrace as Canadians that we also would embrace as part of our Christian heritage. Now, I'm very proud of my Canadian heritage. My, my grandfather was Scottish, and they moved to Canada back in the early 1900s. And my grandfather fought in World War II. And my grandfather, only been here a short number of years, ended up dying for his country as he fought in the war. But he was dying for his new country. And if we go around, we'll find out that Canada is a country that nobody has lived here for, or very few people have lived here for many more than two or three generations. Most of us would say, yeah, we've, we've had family that have come over either this generation, two or three generations back, maybe four or five generations back. We really are a country of immigrants. It began with the, uh, the European nations. We had Britain and, and France come the first few centuries of our existence that came and met our native peoples here. And then there was, as the country began to form as we would know it, it was followed by many other European nations, Italy and uh, Eastern, Eastern European nations, a lot of from, from Poland and from uh, countries in that area of the world. And then the next, there was a big phase of immigration from Asia with China and India and the Philippines. And then in the past, uh, in the, in the past few decades, we've seen many immigrants come from African nations as well. And most of us could look back and say, I'm the first generation, or I know when my family came to Canada. And when our families first came to this country, we had to learn what was this country about? What were the values that established and governed Canada? Because we brought some things with us, but we also wanted to know what was Canada all, all about. And people choose to, came to come to Canada because they thought there was something more. There was, there was something of value if they would immigrate to this country. So just as we get going this morning, if you had to choose one word to describe Canada, one, one value or one word that makes you think of Canada, and this is the way you would describe it to other people, what word would you choose and why? So just go around your table and share one word that you would choose to describe Canada, a value, and then discuss maybe why you would, why you would choose that. And kids, remember, you're participating in this, kids. We want to learn from you, and you want to learn from us. So offer what one word you would describe, even if it's pancakes, even if it's bread. You describe what you would, how you would describe Canada. So we all have, we all have one word that we would use to describe our, our country. From a couple tables, what, what, was, what was one word that you guys chose? Snow. That's how you... Snow. Good one. <laughs> what about over here? What's one word you guys chose? Freedom. What's another word we chose? Happy. What's the word you guys? Diverse. Diverse. 
What's well, one more word? What, what's, what's the word you guys chose? Leslie, from, from your table, what's one word you guys chose? Friendly. Friendly. Uh, another word? Love? Oh. LOL. Oh, it's a very happy nation yet. Well, this morning we want to focus on three words that we've chosen to explore this morning that they are as much Canadian values and principles as they are Christian values and principles. And just like none of us were born necessarily long time into Canadianism, none of us are born into Christianity. Even if we are born into a family of faith, None of us are actually born into faith. It's a choice that a person may or may not make to join this new kingdom, to join this new country of Christianity. And I want to read for you out of the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. Here's how Peter wrote and described what it was like coming to this new nation, what the values and what should happen in this new nation of Christianity. And we're going to use the word kingdom this morning, the kingdom of Christ. But you are a chosen people, is what it says, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And so happy Canada Day, everyone. We want to look at three values that come out of there that are going to describe us both as Christians and Canadian. And the first one is this, and we had it already at this table, is diverse. And if you're taking notes, kids, it's in, it's in your packs. It's also in your regular uh, bulletin notes. But uh, Canada and Christianity is, is a diverse kingdom, is a diverse nation. There are immigrants from over 200 nations in Canada. In the GTA alone, 140 different unique languages are identified as spoken, and 30% of our families in the GTA speak another language at home other than, other than English. Who would speak another language at, at home, just in our room, that we speak different languages at home? 50% of the GTA was not born in Canada. We immigrated to Canada. Quickly around the table, just share with, the, with, with your table what country did your family immigrate from, even if it was from generations ago. And if we have any First Nations people, that would be wonderful. And say, I didn't immigrate from anywhere. I came from First Nations. So let's, let's share around the table. Where did you come from? Let's have a quick, just where did your country come? Where did your family come from? So listen, just going around the table, we can see we relate to a nation that is built by immigration. We, we understand that we've come, this is kind of a new nation, a new, a new place to live. And together, a group of people with varied backgrounds form this one new people group. Now, God looked at Christ followers, and he looked at us, and he called us royal, and he called us holy. That's what it said in 1 Peter 2, chapter 9, royal and holy. Maybe he's never met us, right? <laughs> to look at us and say, you're royal and holy. But it's what God does for us through Jesus that makes us holy. We bring our life experience. We bring our culture. We bring our language, our music, our expression. And that's why when we have meeting times together as a church, it can be so rich and it can be so full. In fact, at Portico alone, there are 81 different nations that we know are represented just within our, our church. And one of the reasons we celebrate our faith and our country is because once you're into this kingdom of Christ, when, just like once you're into the kingdom of Canada, there is no hierarchy. 
Being in Canada for two generations compared to being in Canada for one generation or three or four generations, it doesn't give you any more rights or any more privileges. And we each have the freedom to shape this nation as long as we stay within national parameters. We get to create what it means to be Canada. There is no hierarchy. I've been here longer. I'm more Canadian. There is no more Canadian. It's, it's when you're in the country, I live in Canada, and then with citizenship, we become Canadian. And as each of us shape this, as long as we stay within the context of what Canada means, then we, then we can shape it. And probably in a few years, we're going to be dipping samosas in maple syrup, and we're going ha- to be having like poutine, Jamaican patties, and all kinds of things. We're going to be doing... We're going to shape this nation so that it looks like the people that are a part of it. And from the moment that you accept Christ, you're in the kingdom. You are what it means to be Christian. People will often ask me, go, I'm, 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 I've made a decision for faith. How long should it be before I get baptized? And the answer is moments. <laughs> for some people say, no, I need to figure this out first. But the invitation is to the moment we make a decision for faith in the fall of Christ, be baptized, be in the kingdom, be, be a part of it. People ask me, how long or what kind of person do I have to be before I can serve in a church? And the answer is, you just have to be wanting to be a part of this community. The Bible says that our righteousness, the things that we do to please God, the good stuff, is like filthy rags. He looks at it, it's by faith alone that we become part of this family. And as diverse as we all are, the the richness of the backgrounds that we bring, that's what makes up Christ's kingdom. There are no more hoops to jump through. The more Bible study you do, the more songs that you know that we would sing, that doesn't make you more Christian, just like being here longer doesn't make you more Canadian. And actually, none of us will experience the fullness of faith until we fully invest in what this kingdom, this faith community has to offer. And from the very moment you gain citizenship into this nation, you begin to wear the flag. You are representing what Christian looks like. And our diversity is our strength as far as we're willing to embrace that. We shouldn't fight against the richness, but we should celebrate the diversity of who we are as Christ, of who we are as a church. And for some of us, this may be the first time you've been in church or you're just brand new to the faith journey. You're creating what it looks like to be a Christ follower in Milton at Portico, which then brings us to our second value, though. Our second value is this. We want to look at freedom. We want to look at it, what it means to be free. So we left another nation to come here. We, we talked about that. And before we came to Christ, we left a way of living. We were not necessarily so righteous and holy. And some of our diversity brings strength to our new nation, but there are also could be things that we don't want to bring with us to this, to this new nation. See, as a Canadian, I want you to think about this. We are free to treat people however we want, right? We, we have this right. We can treat people with respect. We can treat people angrily. We can, we can have our backs up. But part of what is attractive about Canada, the reason why people immigrate to this country is because of the way uh, we, have, we, we show kindness, because we extend grace. We advocate for equality of all races, all genders, all people. We say come and be free and be part of what it means to be, to be Canada. That's what it means to represent Canada. And in this country, you are free to pursue the lifestyle that fits you. Now, there's a tension in our land right now about how far we go with this, right? It's our freedom that has defined us. But what if some people who are Canadian use that freedom to infringe upon the freedoms of others? 
And that freedom we've always upheld as important, and then we begin to come in conflict with one another because we're both expressing our freedom. Whose freedom is more important? There's this debate that there's, there's the freedom to practice religion and you're free to choose where you are educated. And then there's debate, should, we, should people of a different faith be allowed to go to a Catholic school and say, I want to go to this school yet not participate in the religious classes and not be a part of that? And we say, whose freedom is most important? The freedom to not have to go in that school and learn the religion or the freedom for them to choose their education? So all of a sudden, we say freedom is very important and then freedoms come in conflict with one another. And there is discussion on freedom of religion and gender expression and rights, and that is not something we can resolve in 45 minutes on a Sunday morning over pancakes. We understand this, right? But we have to understand that, that to be free sometimes brings us face-to-face with, well, what does that freedom look like? And freedom in a nation actually might be expressed with restriction. I want to say that again. Freedom in a nation might actually be expressed with some restriction of our choice. Now, how is freedom expressed as a Christ follower? Let's go back to this passage. Christian freedom is expressed in living to the standards of God's new nation. 1 Peter 12 and 2. Live such good lives among the pagans, it says. Now, that pagan word just means someone who doesn't believe in Christ. That's a, it sounds like, whoa, what is it? It's someone who's not, uh, not a Christ follower. So what does that look like? Because we, we, we just said God's kingdom is not established by anything we do. It's only established by faith in Christ. Nothing we do earns us faith, earns us residency in his kingdom. But to live freely as a member of the kingdom often requires some restriction on our behalf. Here's Paul writing in Galatians 5, 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Here's what he says to us. Now, but he, he measures it. Do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. You were called to be free, but don't use that freedom to indulge. Serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Just because something feels good doesn't necessarily mean it's beneficial for us. Just because we have freedom to do something doesn't necessarily mean it's beneficial for us. I need a child volunteer for me. Someone who is, come on up, come on up. Give it a, give it a, it's Jonathan, right? Come on up, give it up for Jonathan, He's, he's coming. Actually, you, you want to come up too? What's your name? Darius? Come on up, give it, give it, give it up for Darius. Just because something, we are free to do something, moms, look away. But j- just because we are free to do something doesn't necessarily mean it's beneficial for us. Now, how much of this can would you like me to empty into your mouth? Just because something is free, a lot. Okay, bend back. <laughs> How much would you like for me to empty in your mouth? More than him or less than him? Less. Less than him. Oh, oh, give it up for Darius. Yeah, just. You want, Jonathan, you want some more? No, okay, okay. Give, give it up for our, give it up for our, our kid volunteer. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you for playing along right into the trap there. Now, we have... <laughs> We look at a can, kids look at a can of whipped cream and they go, oh, if I could just empty all of that right into my mouth, it would be so wonderful. It would be, but Darius, he said, no, I'm not so sure I want a full, a full can of liquid oil sugar product <laughs> emptied, emptied into my mouth. Just because we have a right to act 
doesn't mean we necessarily should. It doesn't mean it actually is beneficial for us. And there are all kinds of indulgences we could participate in that would not exclude us from Christ's kingdom. Just like there are all kinds of activities we could participate as a Canadian that don't bring honor to Canada, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't stop us from being Canadian. But we could do them because we have the right to do so. There's all kinds of things we could live out as a Christian. We're still Christian because we receive that by faith alone. Is it the way that we want to live? And I don't want to use my freedoms as a Canadian to dishonor my country. I don't want to live a life that although I have freedom, I don't want to bring dishonor to my country. And just the same, why would I want to use my freedom as a Christ follower for anything other than to bring honor to Christ? Now, that sounds very poetic. (laughs) Absolutely, that's what I want to do. But that's difficult. Because every day, you and I have impulses that if we act upon them, actually work against the freedom that we've received in Christ. Any negative habit we have has the potential to work against, thanks, has the potential to work against us. Think about this. Anything that brings dishonor to Christ or, or, or dishonor to us has the potential to work against the very freedom that Jesus died for. And just because good living doesn't earn us a spot in the kingdom, it doesn't mean it isn't important. Paul says, don't use freedom and forgiveness as an excuse to keep up a lifestyle that indulges flesh. Instead, do everything you can to live a good life. Now, he's not really just driving at, hey, what are the bad habits? So we can talk about what are the habits we would say are sinful habits. He's not actually just driving at that here. Watch how he compares this concept of indulging the flesh. He says, don't indulge in flesh, but instead serve into one another. Now, the Jewish people were used to being righteous through human means. So, so people, as they're learning Christ, they're like, oh, I do whatever I can to honor Christ, and, and so I give 10% of what I do. I restrict myself from certain practices. I, I worship a certain way, and that's how they understood righteousness. So Jesus comes and says, no, no, no. Your righteousness doesn't mean anything. Paul's trying to teach them out. It's only through faith. But they were still trying to enforce a level of good on everybody around them. That's why they had laws. Nobody could do anything on the Sabbath. So they had laws and say, you're doing the wrong thing. You could be put in jail. You could actually, in some some really strict communities, be put to death if you went against the law. And every time we look at a fellow member of the kingdom and decide that, hey, your habit isn't right, or your lifestyle isn't right, and you act against them, or every time we look against someone and bring an offense to them, and decide that, hey, I don't like how you live, I don't like what you're doing. We're indulging in the flesh rather than loving others. We're, serving, we're acting on an impulse, we're acting on a feeling, we're saying, hey, you can't live that way. No, Christ came to bring freedom to us all, and so that we don't need to worry about what everybody else is doing. We get this righteousness through our faith in him alone. And to be Christian means to treat other people with the same grace that you would expect in return. That's why he said, don't indulge in flesh, don't react serve into one another. Now, when you make a genuine mistake, you let your colleagues down, you let your family down, you let your friends down, you make a decision that even ended in failure, it could cost everyone a lot of time and money and make it right. Kids, I want you to think about this. Jesse, have you ever made a decision that mom and dad got upset with you for? Ever. Yeah. Sometimes we make, we, we, we act and we do something and mom and dad get upset. Adults, sometimes we make a decision that lets our families down, that costs us 
quite dearly, or that brings some shame into our family, our faith, whatever. What's more, we may be advised against making the decision. Kids, Jesse, mom and dad probably told you not to do that, right? And then you did it anyway. (laughs) We do that sometimes, right? So we were advised against it. We were instructed to go a different way, but we go ahead and do it. And then we humble ourselves, we admit error, and we ask for to move forward with a fresh start. Do we deserve a fresh start? What do you think? Yeah, we do, don't we? And, and in, in Christ, we see we deserve fresh chances all the time to live, to bring honor to him. But all of a sudden, we're, we start indulging in flesh, and we start looking around at all kinds of people and say, well, your life doesn't measure up, and you're not going to be in this kingdom. <laughs> and your life doesn't measure up. Oh, I'm not so sure and the way you live doesn't measure up. We indulge in the flesh and go and react. It's to indulge in the flesh, as Paul's talking about here, is not just talking about habits that we act upon impulses. It's saying to do whatever comes naturally instead of thinking, how am I going to live my freedom? How am I going to live out my freedom? And there are people in our lives and people around us who let us down, who have hurt us, who we disagree with. They betrayed us. They've angered us. And maybe they've not even shown humility towards us. Maybe they've come against us. And you are free, and I am free as a Christian to live with hurt and live with offense and live with anger. We are free. But I don't want to live my life as a Christ follower with anything other than what brings honor to Christ. And I don't want to live with hurt, and I don't want to live with anger, and I don't want to live with judgment. We are instructed as Christ followers to live with our freedom differently. Here's what it says in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Don't indulge in the flesh live in the fruit of the Spirit. It's love. It's joy. It's peace, forbearance, that's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against things, there is no law. And Paul brings that word law back in because he's measuring it again. Don't indulge in bringing goodness around with your own way. Instead, live free and help others to live free by treating them with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And every time we act with love towards any other person. And remember, this isn't just people that have already confessed a belief in Christ because we're all being created by God intentionally, uniquely. Christ died for everybody. And every time we treat another person with love, we represent the kingdom. Every time we act with patience, we represent the kingdom. Every time we act with kindness, goodness, gentleness, we represent the kingdom. And every time we act any other way, which we are free to do, which doesn't exclude us from the kingdom, we don't bring honor to him. That's a powerful statement to think, I am free to do whatever, but my freedom sometimes should be brought with restriction. And there are all kinds of people who need the message, not just that Canada is free, but that there's a kingdom of Christ that is free to come and bring our shortcomings, bring our mistakes, even though we've been instructed to live differently and say, no, there's forgiveness and there's patience and there's goodness right within this kingdom. And you're free to figure that out. And Paul is teaching here that our lives should look so different from anyone outside of this kingdom that the people who watch our lives would be so inspired to live differently that they would want to join the kingdom. He said, live a life so good that people, pagans outside of the family would say, I want in your kingdom. I want to immigrate to your country because the way that you live is so different. I want to be a part of that. Reflection question for you, which is not a discussion question because I don't think it's the time to bring bring that up. But what are the indulgences? Paul said, don't indulge in the flesh. What are the reactions? What are the attitudes, the indulgences in my life 
that don't bring honor to God. And if we could just take that away this morning and go, I want to live my life free and that that freedom would bring other people to God. So what are the indulgences that I'm currently acting out that are driving people away from God as opposed to bringing them to God? And as that verse said, to serve into one another. Which leads us to our last value that is both Canadian and Christian, which is inclusive. And our faith is one that is completely open to anyone of any background to come and discover a God who loves them individually and wants relationship with them. In fact, the entire purpose of the kingdom, the only reason we have this kingdom is to grow this kingdom. (laughs) The reason why the church exists is to grow the church so that people will come to know Christ. And how do we do that? Immigration. (laughs) We go out and we say, is there anyone anywhere in the world that wants to join this kingdom? that wants to come and be a part of us. 1 Peter, 9, uh, 1 Peter 2, 9, and then moving on to 12, you were called so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. And more than 50%, the stats tell us this, more than 50% of the people in our region have a totally different concept. They're, not even believe in God, but a totally different concept, because this is a very spiritual part of, of our country, and a lot of people are, are follow God in lots of different ways. But 50% have a completely different understanding of who God is. Some believing that God is vengeful, and the only way to appease him is by act. Some believe that God is distant and completely uninvolved. Some believe that God is multiple, taking on all different forms and worshipped in a whole bunch of different ways and through different idols and different um, rituals. And we know that God made us in his image, wanting us to understand that we were loved sons and daughters. He wanted us to know that he was the creator of our universe and our lives, and that he loves us just the way we are. Nothing we do brings us closer or further from him, but faith in his son gives perfect relationship with him. And the reason why inclusivity and immigration are such high values in this kingdom, or in in Canada, the reason why it's such a high value, because we believe there are people all over the world who are not experiencing freedom and benefits that they could have here. In, in the last couple of years, we've been saying, you know, there may be challenges if we bring in thousands of immigrants from, from Syria. There may be, we, we, we're going to have to figure this out. But it's not right to see the way that their lives are being destroyed by the way they're being, by how bombings are happening and how death is happening. So we need to bring them into this country because they're not being treated right. So we do that. We adjust. The only reason why this kingdom exists is for immigration and to say there are people who don't know that they can be free. There are people who don't know that there's a God that loves them. And so we need to make absolute everything we can to bring people into the kingdom. And the inclusiveness of Christ is such that no matter where a person enters into the conversation, Christ makes room. So whether, no matter their lifestyle, no matter their understanding of Christ, no matter their history, Christ makes room and says, if you have faith, we'll figure the rest out. To the lost, people who feel lost in this world, Jesus said, I'm the way. I'll help you be found. To the confused, I don't know who God is. What did Jesus say? I'm the truth. To those who are feeling empty and hungry and need something more, he said, I'm the bread of life. To those who were in darkness and feel like, like just completely broken and, and can't see a way out, he said, I'm the light. I'll bring you out. 
To those who feel outside and, and can't be in part of this, he said, I'm the door. Enter through me and you're right inside. To those who feel like they're approaching death and there's death in their life, he said, no, I'm the life. And we want to end this morning revisiting the stories of those who proudly share. We started this morning with that wonderful sound feedback from the microphone and also, and also some images of people who said, I was born in Trinidad, I was born in Pakistan, I was born here, and I came to this country in such and such a year. We want to let them finish telling their story. Go ahead and roll the video, guys. freedom, the inclusivity, the diversity we experience as Canadians is nothing compared to what we experience as Christ followers. And I want to end this morning on two notes. One, I want to pray for you. And we believe that there may be some people today who say, you know, I need to make a decision. I want to be in this kingdom. And for others of us, we're just going to reframe. We say, what am I doing to go and bring and letting other people know that there's a kingdom that loves them as they are, that offers them freedom and wants to engage with them and bringing others into this country. Can I pray for you? Lord, I thank you for an amazing morning we've been able to share together looking at these values that we thank you that our country embraces them as well. And Lord, help us to treat everyone we meet the same way that you would treat them. And Lord, I pray, that, um, I pray that diversity, inclusivity, and freedom would be things that would always mark Canada. We pray your blessing over this country, Lord. We pray your spirit in this country. And Lord, uh, as, we, as people are taking this whole weekend just to celebrate 150 years as a nation, I pray that our next 150 years would be marked with your blessing and marked with people coming to find you, Lord, and freedom in you. God, we trust in you, and we believe that you have great things for us as we live out what it means to be Canadian. But Lord, in a much greater way, we reflect on our own life. And this morning, we ask that for those who are considering what it would mean to be Christian, in Jesus' name, I pray that they would just feel, um, they would feel a peace in their minds and in their hearts that you're calling them to come and be a part of this kingdom, Lord. And Lord, I pray that for those of us who are already, had already made that decision and are looking what it, and living out a lifestyle that means what it means to be Christian, I ask God that you would help us to think about in our own worlds who are people that want to be a part of this kingdom as well. God, help us to live freely and, and, and God, help us to bring freedom in other people's lives, not just for ourselves, but for other people. Help us to include other people. And Lord, we thank you for the diversity that we see in, in, in our kingdom and that you love each of us as we are and that every day we strive to become more and more like you. So we thank you, Jesus, and we ask all this in your name. Amen.